1: No one ever thinks about the crew below the decks They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sucks They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day But when the richies leave the ship, the yachts get to play yo ho no yo yo nilly, yo yo we are heading up the gangplank and going down below Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are talking about Below Deck Mediterranean Season Seven Episode Ten, and Bravo called it "Finding the Groove." Finding the Groove. Thank you. I can never remember their stupid. <laughs> title. It's because they're dumb. It's because they're dumb titles. That's why I can't remember. And we decided to call it "Filler Up," right? Exactly. Okay. And here is Jen for your rapid recap. I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> Honestly. We just had this conversation like two minutes ago. I'm like a goldfish. Did I swim this way? Did I swim this way? That's how That's I feel so right funny. now. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt watching this whole episode. So, here- <laughs> <laughs> so it works. It's on, yeah. it's on brand.
0: We're on brand this week. So Jason actually uttered out loud that he missed Reagan which says all that needs to be said the guests are arriving at anchor due to potential weather natalia thinks tosh sucks at provisioning dropping two anchors didn't go so well five seasons ago but sandy's trying it again the guests remind me of a girl scout troop with the den mother dave is harboring a secret hope that tosh will leave her boyfriend again the beach setup is out of range and ends up continuing past dark, much to Captain Sandy's chagrin. Dave looks like a lost Gib brother with his 70s wig. And anybody who gets that reference gets bonus points. Against Kyle's recommendation, Tosh tries to serve Troop Beverly Hills, shots from Sir Stephen Schlong, and the knight screeches to a halt. Ugh, so bad. It was so cringe. I couldn't. Ugh. The next day, Tosh voice messages her sister and asks her to text her boyfriend to tell him to stop texting Tosh, and we're officially in the fifth grade. We end on theme with a to-be-continued as Storm tries to untangle the anchor that we knew was going to be tangled when we saw the beginning of the episode. that's your rapid recap.
1: Awesome. You're awesome. This episode,
0: not awesome. Not awesome. Not no. even close to awesome. this episode was a total snooze. There are filler episodes and then there's sheer boredom. This was sheer boredom to me.
1: Yeah. There was a couple of key moments that I thought were interesting. One was Kyle totally nailing this group and being like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're basically 11 year old stuck in 22 year old bodies. Like, yep. Nailed it. It was exactly it. Yep. Yeah, and then him nailing the fact that Natasha was totally going to flop on this Sir Stephen thing. I just, oh, yeah. that was so bad. Yeah, it was really bad and uncomfortable. If we go back to Charter 1, how I was
0: a little uncomfortable with his choice to bring Stephen out with Billy's group. It makes me feel like he is gauging people and has a good bead on who people are because I didn't necessarily see him do that processing out loud at the beginning of the season which is why I questioned it now that I get to hear him do it out loud I realize he's not just doing these things on a whim being unprofessional or whatever he's gauging
1: each group based on what he sees from them and he nailed it with these girls I'm gonna back you up just a little bit Uh uh-huh there is still some unprofessionalism from him. It just oh, happens for sure. to not necessarily. And I still disagree with the Sir Stephen appearances to begin with. Agreed. Because I feel like that's still just a bridge too far for me. Same. Even in a group like Billy's or with the last group that he was really comfortable with, I still feel like I don't want to see that thing ever again. Yeah. Nor should we have seen it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But this was most... Definitely. I mean, it was. Here's how I feel about it. And this is the first time and the second time that I watched it. Watching Natasha, I think she saw the reception that Kyle got with the groups that he was reading and being like, these guys will appreciate it. And they did. Yep. They all welcomed it and joked about it and it became a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think she felt left out Mm -hmm. of that because it wasn't her idea and she wasn't the ringleader of the Chlong show. And I think she felt like she needed to bring that to this group, thinking that this would be her moment. And it was the complete opposite.
0: I think you've nailed her to a T. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what it is. She
0: likes the accolades, the attention, the validation from guests. We saw that with the wine pairing. And this is the same thing. She's trying to get kudos, trying to get the, oh, aren't you so clever and funny, but she can't read a room to save her life. So she copycats.
1: And it bit her in the ass. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uncomfortable. I mean, this group in general is uncomfortable. I know you really can't stand groups of all women, Mm -hmm. but I would say they're not catty. They're just insanely immature. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch. Yeah. Like, was this a sorority spring break trip. Like I'm trying to figure out what this group is. I honestly have no clue. It looks like a bunch
0: of kids whose mommy has money Mm -hmm. and mommy's not going to let them go to the med without her. So they bring mommy along. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, they're not horrible people. They're not awful people. They're just not what I'm looking for on Below Deck. Yeah. They've been okay with Courtney so far. I think that that's been a good vibe, but just in general, it's not my thing. And like we were talking with Tim a couple weeks ago, why a beach party in the first place, let alone beach happy hour and then a beach picnic, right? You're only on the boat two days,
1: right? It makes no sense to me. Just to be a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah. Looks like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not mean. They're not rude. They're just patience trying, I guess is the best way to greed. Yeah. They're just not entertaining to me. Greed. Actually, there wasn't a lot entertaining to me. I like seeing Natalia come into her own. I wanted to get your take on what she thought about the provisioning. Can you get things tendered out to you? Is there a premium put on that?
1: There would definitely be like some kind of a delivery fee on that. But to be honest with you, like the volume that she was provisioning for didn't make any sense. It's almost like she's not going back to check and see what they've already gone through. Like she's not doing an inventory Mm. to see where they land after each trip. And I understand how that can be semi-difficult, but if you keep everything in one or two places, then all you have to do is open up that cabinet or that closet or pantry or whatever and see what you have and what you've already gone through. Right. So the exception to that being specific drink requests, like if they have anything that you haven't already provisioned or a specific wine that you haven't already gotten or beer or something like that, it makes sense to get that. And trust me when I say... Sometimes you have to learn the hard way, like I did with the green juice on season one, Mm -hmm. that it's one line item on one person's provisioning sheet. And then all of a sudden, everybody thinks it's a good idea. You know, one person might have pina colada on their list. They say it and then everybody in the group goes, oh, my God, that's a great idea. And then all of a sudden you're making 47 pina coladas. Right. So that's one thing. But ordering as much like cases and cases and cases of water, like it just it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. And she said that she could only order them in sets of 25, which is, I guess, Mediterranean Sam's Club. I don't know. Yeah. But if you store it in the bilge or wherever it goes, you're not going to see it all the time like you would in the pantry. But wouldn't the stew pantry kind of be
1: indicative of what you need? Yes and no, because you're not going to be able to keep all the drinks in that tiny little area. Like that little area is for the coffee machine and the sometimes cocktail making if you're on a different level and sometimes dishes from dinner like there's lots of things that go on there so drink storage besides maybe a refrigerator or two like the little guys Mm -hmm. you know little refrigerators or drawer refrigerators or whatever would not necessarily be where you would keep that But what you would do is at the end of the trip or somewhere near the end of the trip, just zip through all the places where you're storing your beverage and look and see what you have.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: And so that way, you know what you need to order for the next time. Right. Okay. I get it.
0: I just found Natalia's complaints to be valid. I think Natasha has been kind of out of her head for a couple charters now and things seem dirty and disorganized. And I think it's going to come to a head at a point. I
1: agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't blame her for that. Natalia, anyway. Yeah. And I think that's part of what's causing the tension between Kyle and Natalia, too.
0: I think Kyle and Natasha are kind of a two-headed hydra at this point. Yeah. He may think that he's neutral,
1: but he seems to be siding with Natasha a lot. Well, at the end of the day, Natasha is his boss, so she's the one that has the power to fire him. Right. Not Natalia. Yeah. So if you're going to side with anybody, that makes more sense.
0: And I understand that on a certain level, but I also operate under a code that wrong is wrong. And if I know somebody's picking up my slack, he's kind of in this delusion that he's super stew. Right. And I am not seeing that. Not since Frank, at least. Right. So we'll have to see where it goes from here. What were your thoughts on Jason? I know that when we talked to Tiff, you had a little different outlook.
1: So when you watched this episode, did you see him a little differently? I mean, I saw him being introspective and being like, I'm most definitely not fitting in here. Right. Like you can see him getting to the point in his mind where he's like, yeah, I just don't. I'm not. This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe next episode. We've already seen the preview for that. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be coming up. Right. You know, in the next episode or two, but I don't think he's gonna hang around long and I kind of don't blame him. Yeah, but I also don't think he's excelling or really putting in much effort or really displaying much motivation that would give him more credibility with his crew either. Right. I think they're seeing him slacking off or even Courtney in this episode made a comment about like he's 35 and he still doesn't know a lot of this stuff. And that's not his fault that he hasn't worked on big yachts before to know all this stuff. But it just doesn't seem like he's getting it. It doesn't seem like he's open to it.
0: Right. I think he's got the capacity to get it. But whatever his last situation was, that's his standard. And if it doesn't match that, then he doesn't want to pay attention to it. And if he thinks there's a better way, that's what he wants to focus on. And when your mind is that close to it, you're not going to learn. Courtney's a sponge because she's open to whatever anybody's willing to teach her. Right doesn't matter how she did it in the Caribbean during the off season or what she did last season. It's whatever she needs to know for now, she's willing to take it in. And that's how you move up. And that's how you learn. And Jason's kind of, pardon the term, cock blocking himself from learning because he can't put aside what he thinks is the right
1: way to do something and try something different. Right. I agree with that. It's frustrating to watch Mm -hmm. because I feel like there could be a different way, but- you're right. I don't think he's open to it. Yeah. I just don't know where he can go from here. I don't know what Storm
0: can do to make it better if Jason's not willing to do something to make it better.
1: Right. I agree. We shall see. This whole thing with Natasha telling her sister Ugh. to tell her, I, I just can't. I this. can't. I can't anymore. It was
0: so dumb. How many people are you going to pull into your drama? Mm -hmm. You know, this is her drama. And now she's pulling her sister into it because she doesn't have the time to do it. Well, you started the drama. You caused the drama in the first place. Then you said you wanted to fix the drama. Now you don't have the time or the energy to do it. So you're going to have somebody else clean up your mess yet again. And it's just, it's frustrating to watch because she really sees herself as the victim in all of this and doesn't see what it is she's doing. I mean, she could be the nicest person off the boat, but at this point I can't with her. There's no personal responsibility in there.
1: It's a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly, and runs away every time there's conflict so that she doesn't have to deal with it. You know, I made this situation happen. I was one half of making the situation with Dave happen. Mm -hmm. Now that it's making me uncomfortable because of my own choices, I am going to run away from the situation and leave someone else to deal with the aftermath and ignore it and start putting my attention towards someone else. Mm-hmm. It's such an immature move, and it—I feel like a lot of people, if they had respect for her, have lost it. Yeah, watching this play out. Yeah, I'm really confused by Dave. I know. Again,
0: we're talking a different time frame and viewing than time frame and reality. But I was really kind of disappointed that he seemed to be hoping that she'd break up with her boyfriend again and come back to him. And it was just like, why, dude? You've seen it. You've seen the dark side. Why go? No, Anakin,
1: stay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to think about him. Again, love is weird. Well, and maybe it's the way that whoever the producer is that did that one-on-one interview with him phrased the question too, Could be that that was his answer, because I remember them asking me questions and it's almost like they were leading you to a certain place where they're like, well, in the best of all possibilities, what would be your best outcome here? And he says, well, maybe she figures out that that guy's not for her and comes back to me. Like, sure. Yes, that makes sense to me. That doesn't mean that he's not blind to the fact that she's manipulative.
0: Yeah, I thought he saw it and apparently he didn't see it or he's talked himself out of seeing it. I don't know.
1: I think he's probably was too much in his head about his own behavior to see what she was doing.
0: Ah, that's a really good point. I hadn't. Even he spent a lot that. of
1: time beating himself up about what he did without really focusing on what she did to cause it. Right. And I'm not saying that what he did is excusable by her behavior but it's understandable right
0: no I hadn't even considered that he was more focused about his actions where he's hyper introspective she is hypo introspectively mm-hmm. she's got zero interest in looking at what she's contributed he completely focused on that that's a companion. yeah
1: I'm pretty sure she's allergic to self-reflection
0: yeah <laughs> she's a vampire of self-reflection I have a question about this beach happy hour and it getting dark. With setups like that, the captain, are they not in the loop on where it is? It seemed like Sandy didn't find out it was out of range until they were out of range and she wanted to get a hold of them.
1: Right. And then she had a conversation with him the next morning talking about, you can go scout and you can go see, but I don't want you out of range. So I don't know if that was a spot that production had scouted and told him to go to, and they just didn't think about the fact that it was out of range for the radios, Mm -hmm. because that's a possibility. Like, she didn't come down too hard on him, which makes me think that it was something that was out of his control. Right. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I didn't know if it was because it was out of his control or if it was something she hadn't. She's been giving him a pass for things she hasn't explained to him. So that's why I needed you. I didn't know if on a normal beach setup is the captain involved with we're going to be at this place so that they know.
1: Usually, yeah. Okay. Usually we would have that conversation. The chiefs do, the chef, if they're involved somehow. the bosun or the first mate and the captain would have that conversation and be like all right this is the best spot because of the weather because of the tides because of whatever Mm -hmm. you know that's usually a logistical part of that conversation
0: yeah because him being out of line of sight and out of radio range seemed odd yeah and them letting it go past dark seemed odd I mean, you got to realize that it's not just getting the people back on the boat before it gets dark. You've got a whole beach picnic setup that you have to break down. Right. I was surprised, one, that he was out there because that really hasn't been a bosony kind of duty. Right. Usually they're in charge of overseeing other things and not necessarily so much the guest experience. That's usually left up to the interior and it's usually would be like a Jason or Courtney that would be on the beach.
1: Right. But I don't think he trusts Jason to do that. Right. You know, you've got to look at the team that he's got to work with and really assess whether that's viable or not. I mean, I think he would probably we've seen Courtney do beach parties Mm -hmm. in the past, so I don't think he wouldn't trust her. Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, I think he's in a control mode right now.
0: That's a good point. He has been struggling with that and he's openly admitted that he needs to loosen the reins more and delegate rather than be the person who does it. So maybe this is another one of those instances. Yeah. Well, we end up with the anchor thing, which was foreshadowed as big as Everest. We knew it was coming And they, to be continued after Jason makes the comment that the anchor is very, very sharp and Storm is down there under the water. So they're really trying to amplify tension for sure. But it didn't seem as bad of a tangle as season five. Not that I know good or bad tangles with anchors.
1: No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But I mean, we've got to have some kind of drama, right? Right. I absolutely love Nadine. Mm -hmm. What's up, Nadine? Uh, But I don't think they're going to be getting an Emmy for this season.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see their submission to see what it was true. Because definitely not from this episode. This was like we said from the beginning, but just being a filler episode in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we land with this one. This mid-season trailer really had me amped up for the rest of the season. And for this to be
1: <laughs> the, yeah.
0: the first episode, I'm like, what? You got me. You got me again, bravo. So hopefully this picks up a little bit and this to be continued is worth it. Not a big wah-wah at the end of it.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: All right. Well, other than that, we have a new super fan this week coming out on thursday i am very excited about this one i have talked to her via twitter for a very long time but have never gotten to speak to her so as she put it in our communications back and forth it's going to be like a first date i will bring the virtual roses so we will see you on thursday for that thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time bye bye Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Superfan intro by Blind Lawrence.
1: Cast off me hearties.